different gravy not just another sheffield wednesday podcast i'm one of the hosts richard miller and my co-host well if you're lucky enough to get a hug from him you'll be more than lukewarm my friend and yours dr luke gledall how are you doing today luke i'm good that's that's a really nice sweet thing to say about me thank you i'm just kind of touched i don't have anything funny to say just i'm just touched thank you ah shucks well, you you know you're a lovely man, and you're a very huggable Aww. man. Oh, <laughs> back at you, back at you, sir. I don't know. It take, takes one to know one. It's 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 a weird compliment I have been given in the past. Is like you, you know you you look like you you you'd give good hugs, and it's like yeah, there's there's more to me than hugs, you know. <laughs> he does give great hugs, though. I will, I will say that those people are correct. <laughs> Um, we, uh, we've got another much lesser, uh, news, but we should, we should, you know, we should follow the protocol and, uh, do things properly. As of recording. Uh, breaking hoo hoos. Uh, the time of recording. The time of recording. Uh, we, in a rare moment of Wednesday looking like they have their act together. Oh, uh, Could you imagine the, the victory parade? Uh, saw a preview of the new Wednesday kits mm. and seemingly a sponsor that is not just the chairman's surname. <laughs> so, I just wanted you know, what are your thoughts, Luke? What do you think of the kit? It's got a yellow pinstripe. Um, what it what it what, it's got, a, it's your... got a white pinstripe throughout the stripes, though, right? Is it a white pinstripe? I thought I thought, 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 thought it was yellow. Thought it was yellow, but I might be wrong. Um, well, yeah. What do you make of the kit? We're, we're I mean, we're both fashionistas. Um, it's oh, it it's, is yellow, isn't it? Yeah, little little yellow. I don't like it as much as this season we just had. Mm. I'm, I'm looking, so there's no official release of this yet, right? No, um, we've not got our act together that much. We're gonna have um, some Sheffield band do a. Do one of their indie songs. Yes, yeah. And I, I like those. They're fun. The Arctic Monkeys, I've, I've heard, are uh, interested. <laughs> the the Tyreek Monkeys. That's Tyreek <laughs> Backinson's Arctic Monkeys tribute band. <laughs> they get about two-thirds of the way through a song, passably, and then just... <laughs> <laughs> It's all right, you, you, you know. You have shorter, shorter set lists, set times for uh, <laughs> cover acts. It is, isn't it? It is yellow. It is weird. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I thought it's it was got white. a collar. It's got a collar. Got a collar. It, it does. I like the co- the collar. Reminds me. I used to um, in my pr- my primary school in. Uh... <laughs> I thought you were going to call it the people's collar. The people's collar. S- Steve Austin comes out for it. Yeah, that was it was the rock. So. It was a rock. Oh, uh, terrible! Uh, oh, uh, one of the most hateful things know, anyone said about me is you. You don't know wrestling, Luke. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, I don't. That's 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 fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, not one of your not one of your special subjects for uh for mastermind. No. Um, Rich even gave cool. a little eyebrow raise. Everybody he did. Yeah. Oh, he did. He's good at it. Oh, oh, he's good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Jay- that's Jameson much... audio medium. 
<laughs> you know, like those time capsule moments. Our, um, so they, um, the our school, our secondary school, used to take pictures of the of year eleven as that like, and they display year elevens like in the they've got like all the years of years eleven year elevens kind of displayed in mm. one place. And uh, yeah, our year was obviously peak rock because there's about seven boys doing the rock eyebrow. On oh, our... amazing! amazing. <laughs> Uh, which is rather funny. Um, but yeah, in primary school, we used to wear a white polo shirt with a red jumper over the top, a red sweatshirt over the top. Mm-hmm. And the trick um, as a young boy that was football mad was to try and sneak your football jersey on uh, underneath so that when you got to school and were playing football, take the jumper off. Oh, looky here i've got a wednesday shirt on and the one i would particularly like to do that with was the the, the puma shirt with the that had a, a gold trim at the bottom of the collar so you could almost get away with it because it was a white collar so if if, if uh if whoever was t- giving me the lift to school that day wasn't paying attention you could sneak through uh looking at with it looking like a polo shirt but then yeah bask in the glory Nice. Uh, I I thought you were saying that because you had the white polo shirt with the collar, and then like the and then you had and then you had like a red sweatshirt that you'd often all just pop the collar and pretend you're Eric Cantona and try try karate and kick each other. (laughs) This might have been pre karate kick. I don't know. I'm trying to think when that was. That's ninety four, wasn't it? It was ninety four, ninety five. But um, I like you know it's giving me some Mm. some memories of that of that classic Mm. classic Puma kit. People seem to. Some people like having a stripe down the middle, a blue stripe down the middle. They seem to have that as one of their. That's a that's a big ticking box for a lot of people in the yeah. new new Wednesday shirt. People seem very strong about the blue stripe down the middle. I'm not. I'm not a man like that. Honestly, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this yellow pinstripe. I thought it was white until literally just looking at it just now. So. I'm. I like it. I've got to say, I like this kit. I like it a lot. I like the yellow rib at the bottom. Yes, that's, that's nice. nice. The yellow rib is good, and round the round the uh, round the arms as well. I like that. Oh, yeah. That's good. Color. I'm not. I don't know. How I feel about colors. No, it just feels proper having a color. Well, uh, okay, smoke a, smoke a pack of woodbines and play play right wing half. Yeah, <laughs> is, is that what it, is that the feeling? Yes. Yes. What do you think? And then we've got a new sponsor, Chancery No More. It's it's now A Up. A Up, yes, exactly. Their flat cap inspired logo. I know. Flat cap and coding together at last. Oh, it's what we all wanted. It's what we all wanted. Full stack coding academy. Ugh. <laughs> it's not it's not a half stack, is it? No. Creating software developers, generating jobs, and investing in startups across north north of England. Well, you know, it's all, I've it's been vaguely embarrassing just having Chancery's name on the, the shirts, hasn't it? So let's let's admit it. It's low level embarrassing just having somebody's name. It's, it's no, I, I actually well, it's actually it's actually nice that this isn't like a betting company. Well, that's nice. That is very. That's nice. a big thing, especially like I, I thought the hilarity regarding what happened with Ivan Tony, and then like you know Ivan oh, Tony yeah. photographed for the you know the picture. Yes, has him with a Brentford shirt with Hollywood bets on the front of it. Yeah, and yeah. you know Thomas Frank says there's a problem with you know betting in football. It's like 
your club is sponsored by a yeah, betting company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Something like 13, isn't it? 13 of the Premier League clubs have a betting company, I think. It's Probably, really yeah. very, very prevalent. Yeah, it's nice that it's not, uh, not, a, not a betting shop of some variety. Um, yeah, well, there we go. That's uh, that's our um, our breaking who's uh, <laughs> in depth kit review. Talk done. Tick tickety boo. Covered in this week's episode, the merits of the middle stripe. Talked about <laughs> for forty minutes. <laughs> Historically, you're fine. Um, Do you? Can I just ask? Like, I I guess I've had it here, so I, I've been away from the UK for a long time. Bucket hats have had a revival, haven't they? Yeah. I've got a couple. I've got a couple of bucket hats, to be honest. Yeah. They seem to. I've never seen them associated with Wednesday before, but it seemed to have become part of our our playoff journey. Laura, Laura bucket hats on on the players and the... the Lovely, lovely Laura, Laura bucket hats. That's uh, that's Adam Buxton doing his impression of the uh, of the Queen. Um, <laughs> Laura, Laura, lovely, lovely couple, lovely couple, lovely bookie has. Laura, Laura. <laughs> right, oh, I, I could do okay. that quite a lot. Um, let's launch into some the remaining players in this squad, shall we, Luke? Mm. Uh, we're we're boiling towards a simmer of. Uh, Akin Famuwo and, and, and Aidan Flynn. So we shouldn't tarry on the way. First up, number Lest, nine, Lee Gregory. He's a, he, we he's not a tarry. <laughs> I gave him a B rating for the first yeah, half. Yeah, B rating first, last time around. My first off review of Lee Gregory's season spoke of a time of unspoken promises. Like some illicit love affair with a lad from Sheffield who is apparently kissing his non-blaze tattoo every time he bags. <laughs> Alas, the thing that he does that really does it for me. That's right, folks. I'm coming out as a goal sexual. And it's been a challenging time relationship with Lee Gregory, as he hasn't been doing that for me for large swathes of the season. Still, he's come up trumps right at the end of the season when it counts and overall has 11 goals. I guess it just doesn't feel like the continuation of what we all hoped for from the previous season. Notching against Peterborough, an exquisite pullback against the Dingles for Windass to head home, have a pretty weighty feel to his mark here. I'm trying to just look back and evaluate, but there's a lot to these rankings of thinking about what's next, and it's a heartbreaking decision to think about here for what's next. Obviously, I wrote this prior to the revelation that we have another year for Lee Gregory. Yes. We can say, however, in summary, that Gregory has had two pretty to very decent seasons here at Wednesday. Overall, this one has been a success, though upsetting we haven't seen more from him. I think Mm. he gets a B+. Good call. Good call. Mm. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of characters who are flirting with the A category, yes. which feels weird. I feel very, very damning to not be in a promotion season with this team who've done so exceptionally well. But yeah. it's just a weird collective alchemy to what everybody has. And I think there's a lot of asterisks next to people's names. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a rare occasion where the sum is better than the parts kind of thing <laughs> you, you know what yeah. i mean i'm butchering the phrase but like yeah the the it's the positive side of that where so often you don't see that is that the the collective is much stronger than any of the individual performers within i feel right. we've had the opposite of that previously 
yeah. like we've had poor season from Wednesday, but we've had really decent individual performances. Yes. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this, everyone's kind of played their part in a really good whole picture, but probably not too many absolute standouts. It's funny. It's sort of reminding me. Um, I, I've uh, I know you've had you've had a go. Um, I've not published mine, but I've similarly had a go at these things where you rate albums into the tiers of like S tier, A, and what my overriding experience and I, I think yours was kind of the same as you can't there's actually a lot of things you just want to shove into d and it's quite rare you actually want to put something <laughs> over the top tier um um uh, but this is not the case i think it's you could make a case for lots of people being you could mm. have a very soft a potentially um but yeah i think having lots of people kind of in and around that is 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 the is more yeah. Have you have you done some of the TikTok? I've tried. <laughs> I've tried it. I've not. I've not. I've not published any of them. But I've, had a I've got some of the stories. We have to connect, and we have to do some. Yeah, fun. yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I, hate, I hate TikTok. I love that. Yeah, yeah, love that. Love that. I like the uh, shaking. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Move, moving my head for rappers. Yes. You know, I like that. <laughs> Take that, Kodak Black. <laughs> have that, J Cole. Yeah, it's great fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, Lee Gregory, Lee Gregory, yeah. No, I think I, but I, I think it's fair. I think it's fair to keep the A tier or something uh, of a rarefied air, uh, despite the fact it's been a great season overall. You definitely score the season A or A plus, but the 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 A standard, the standout performers are, yeah, vanishingly few. I think um, number twenty is Michael Ehequa. And he got a B plus last time out. Hmm. I have ranked the man. I think I've ranked the man. I have. Here we go. So what did we give him last time? B plus. B plus. Oh, he must have been bumped up because I think I gave him a B. We must have done that. So it must have been B for my ranks. And then maybe we you just get well, a maybe I took, collective yeah. little push along, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. Um Hekway registered a hearty B plus at the halfway season and then suffered a pretty substantial injury. Weird that he came back at the time that he did and had such a monumentally underwhelming second appearance back, played in a position that isn't his own, and showed rustiness there too. Mm. He's been relatively fine and decent on occasions, and including some pivotal points in those big and triumphant games. A messy and surprising instant consistency, much like the times I completely forget he is Scouse, and then I see him being interviewed. (laughs) A heckway is a baffling conclusion, and I'm very unsure of what we'll see going forward. I think it probably ends up in the area of a B minus. Interesting. I think that's probably fair enough. I, I'm. I. I think he's. I think he's really his best position is that right sided centre back. That's where it's a bit tricky that we've got him and I offer because I think that's both of their best positions. I do wonder whether I offer would work better in the middle of that and Hequa to his right if we end up if those two start games for us next season and we've got mm. somebody left-sided centre-back um, I do wonder whether it might be better to let Iorfa be the centre guy and, and a Hequa to the right he's just not that big He's he, he, he competes really well in the air but I think you just sort of saw um, up against was it Clark Harris for Peterborough he kind of had a height they were the same height and that Seem to cause him all sorts of headaches. Um, I think if he can't, if he can't sort of naturally beat you in the air, 
he seems to struggle a little bit. But mm. um, no, I think it's fair. I, I, I'm, I'm pleased we've got him for another year. I think he's a really solid performer. Um, it's been, a, it's a shame that we he missed so much of the the season with it with his injury, um, and before that, probably took a little while to warm into the season as well. Uh, but I, I would have said up until I think at, at the halfway point, we maybe had both agreed that he was the better of the two guys from Rotherham, but uh, that's definitely not been the case in the second half of the season. Smith's been far and away the better of those two. Hmm. Um, and effectively, they've swapped positions, so they would be plus and be minus, and he's gone to B minus, and Smith's gone up to A. So uh, I think that's fair. It's a fair reflection of their second halves of each of the season. Each um, number ten, the captain. Number ten, the captain, Barry Wee Guy Bannon. Oh, Barry Bannon. Wee Baz is another difficult one to judge. I think they're all difficult to judge. I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of it's hard, harsh, harsh to judge. Oh, it should be easy to judge people, Rich. This is kind of hard. Anyway, positives. Still an outlet of greatness and creativity. And looking at the stats, it's still a decent spell for him with seven goals and 13 assists, according to WhoScored.com. Yeah. An endearing captain who's been a talismanic and very much in the build-up to the very end of the season. A keen focus point from the media. I must say, on the more negative side of things, he's let down by a number of factors here. Those factors are the fact that he's getting on his old age, seemingly replacing the in the whole category by some of a better head of hair in Josh Winness, and his free kicks and set pieces are ineffective. Let's kind of look at like his free kicks and set pieces here and break that down a bit further. Either his deliveries are bad, or the problem is Aiden sodding Flint is on the end of them. <laughs> it's so hard to see what we want and need from Baz. It's been said previously that everything that is good for Wednesday goes through Barry Bannon, and I've no idea how to think of all of this, but clearly there's either something letting Barry down on the attacking end of his crosses, or he's just marked out of things or getting a little bit poorer. I think all of those things are in play to a certain degree. He's marked down a little to an A-, minus, which I think is probably just being very critical for Baz's high standards. Yeah, I think it it swings around his, uh, his set pieces, because there's games where I think... In particular, his corner taking can be quite poor. He can go through runs of not being the first man. Um, but then there have been several games, and I think Ipswich, that bad run, Bannon played about as well as he's played in any period of time for Wednesday mm. um, and was consistently putting great balls in. And I think that's where the Aidan Flint comment comes from as much as anything is just... That that Ipswich game, he missed chance after chance after chance. Honestly, not, no exaggeration, he may have missed like six headers or seven headers that were just perfect for him. Um, similarly, the Barnsley game, I know he got one in the end um, against Barnsley, but that second Barnsley game, he had so many chances. Bannon just put the ball perfect in again and again and again. So consistent. Um, but it is, it's hard to say because we've now had so many, Bannon's been with us for what, six years, seven years? Something like that, yeah. He's been here a long time. I'm going to look it up while I keep chatting. Uh, and in all that time, I would say we've underperformed in terms of goals from eight years. Okay. Mm. But I, I'd say probably in all that time, we've underperformed in terms of how many times have we set, did we say, Tom Lee should score more than he does. He's he's good at getting on the end of things. Um, 
we are now saying it about Hequa and Hennigan and Flynn. Like, maybe they're not as good as they should be at getting goals, but also maybe the deliveries are harder to convert than they should. Maybe they're too artful and actually the Chris Lines floaty cross is better than something that's fizzed in beautifully right on your head because actually you can go and compete for a floaty ball, whereas the fizzed in one, you either get it perfect or it skies off over the bar. I don't know. I'm not... (laughs) I'm not... uh, uh, I'm not an expert in these things. So I wouldn't pretend to be, um, but it's just, we, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard not to feel that we've we've sort of underperformed in that regard. And Bannon has been the set piece taker, the primary set piece taker for pretty much all that time. Um, but another really good year in many terms, in many ways. And yeah, thirteen assists, seven goals. It's, it's his second best got the season in front of goal personally in terms of scoring goals that he's had in his whole career. Um, he's kept up with the assists and on top of that is all the things that he started the move and it's not been a direct assist. Uh, he's he's clearly, the, the powers are waning slightly <laughs> and I hope we've got enough support for him to keep, I, I think he'll continue to be useful and produce things for us, but he will need more help uh, next season. Um, Volks is a good help with that. Volks is full of energy and hard running. Uh, he probably needs another guy in there to 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 make that make that work for him. Um, but yeah, A minus I think is fair for the for the season. Um, and I do think he's stepped up when it's counted at the end of the the, the you know the business end of things as well. Um, number nineteen, Tyreek Backinson. He got a B minus previously, a fairly generous B minus. So in a previous episode, Rich, and maybe actually the two previous episodes, we made a couple of references to the MCU, possibly with the heroic steal of Pato as Captain Burdock, perhaps. Actually, we'll get onto that. There's a little, a little wink, a little tease oh. for some stuff coming when we talk about Mr. Callum Patterson, Freddy foreshadowing. But let's look again at someone who can either be a D plus or on Disney plus if you catch my drift. <laughs> now, Backinson came in, and by no fault of my own, I got a little giddy about his arrival. A third-tier operator as a penchant for classy through balls could lead to a lot of upside, and the biggest disappointing in losing Mr. Georgie Byers to injury was seeing Backinson just about completely cock up that opportunity. Not that I feel he would be the next George Byers, but surely it could have been better than complete bobbins. So I mentioned MCU as he reminded me of Doctor Strange. And use this analogy, I see him arrogantly cocking around with his crap facial hair and a cape, trying to conjure up some dubious magic, and flirting with the concept of an alternate universe before <laughs> crashing back down to earth with his mediocrity. I hope he figures out football for next season. D+. plus. Yeah, yeah. It's not been good. Um, hard to fathom why. He's got a lot going for him, but it just does not work so far in a Wednesday shirt. And we know it's not really worked at other places either, so it's a bit hard to... Uh, to see what what the what the best outcome is, um, mm. he should be entering his prime years as a as a player, um, but it I doesn't. I wonder like. if whether working under more might have been a good thing for him. Hopefully, there's not yeah. been any sign of that so far. But no, uh, it hasn't. But it felt like at the beginning, like it felt like that would be. I mean, yeah. every every season, effectively, every new season is a blank slate. Yes. In terms of, you know, a stay of execution, a stay of judgment. But uh, 
Plus, you yeah. get so much more time on the ball in the championship, as we know. The higher you go up, they basically just don't pay any attention to defending. As a, as, well, as, as, I mean, Jurgen Klopp said that himself. He's like, actually, so you said you look like we've revolutionized this, this press. Actually, <laughs> we, we were looking at uh, Carlisle United in League Two yeah. and we were getting some ideas from them because, you know. <laughs> That was always the uh, thing for uh, for Donny Rovers, wasn't it? What was the manager called? Sean? Sean O'Driscoll. Sean <laughs> O'Driscoll. And just the nonsense they were talking. Actually, they'll be better in a higher division because they got more time on the ball. What? That's such a nonsense. More time on the ball. They're better at defending at the next level of. Idiots. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, with all the extra time on the ball in the championship, Backinson's just going to be pinging little through balls left, right, and centre. Like, like a big Buck, Buck Rogers laser. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, number 11, Josh Windass, who had a B-plus at the halfway point. So now, listeners, I was having an Evernote crisis with roughly 10 players' worth of notes disappeared the other night. Ooh. Great stuff. Thank you, Evernote. I only had to like go subscribe and then you decide to just keep saving every now and again. So anyway, I actually went and you know rewrote a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it was horrendously annoying, but I felt that uh, Windass was one who I kind of danced around. I realized it was, you know, every player is a conundrum in themselves in a season yes. and a difficult one to rank. But uh, ranking Windass Jr. was was a difficult and taxing task for me. So some of these player notes are broken tributes to what was lost in digital recording. See Rich and I's wonderful episode against Bristol City when Wednesday got to the dizzy heights of third in the championship as we chatted for 40 minutes before we realised it wasn't recorded. And but by heck, listeners, it were brilliant, different, brilliant liquid <laughs> gravy. It was, it was. We had a great riff about Bannon and Fletch. Ah, oh, it was really good. Oh, it was great. I remember it. Now recall I did write about the boy Trumpy Bum who matched his papa by scoring a weighty Wembley winner and met his remit of being a big game player. With that, he has been injured but recorded enough through purple patches to be an effective game changer. A player who you might look at and deservedly think, I guess we should shoehorn him in. Alas, it was all worthwhile for a player who is being like water, like a commoner garden Bruce Lee analogy. He moves like an annoying gas in between form and position and also the treatment table and fitness. But he scored a great diving header against the Dingles with the last touch of the final game. So the key to the city is probably his. <laughs> Everything feels like kind of like a B plus for him. Ooh, B plus. Even with that goal. Even with that goal. It's not, it's not like I gave any players any uptick in marking thanks to certain actions they did. See Jack Hunt. <laughs> Does he have more goal involvements than Smith over the season? What is this goal involvement? How do you find such a thing? Goals and seven assists. Blimey. Are you going to challenge me on this? You can do. 12, 12 goals in the league and seven. All of his assists are in the league. Um, three in the FA Cup, one in the League Cup. Well, that's where they count. I think uh, I think the boy Windass deserves an A minus. Oh, because he went he went cuckoo banana pants in the uh, against Newcastle, didn't he? He did. He showed up in that one. Did did show up indeed against that one. Are you, are you with me? Can we eke him up to? Can we put him in that A category? A minus, maybe. Maybe just give him an A. No, I'm uh, A minus. A minus. I just it's just so taxing, just because it's just like we do shoehorn him in. 
Yeah. And a lot of the time he doesn't do anything. But he's one of those players. He's a consistent, creative. He's a creative genius. You can't rush him, Luke. <laughs> I want to see some output from him. We're paying him all this money. He's a creative no. genius. You need to give him time to create his, his masterpiece. I mean, he basically did nothing over over the Peterborough game. And he did nothing in the final. But he did do that goal at the end, which he is did, really, really important. Did do done did that goal. Yeah. He did do, 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 do that goal. <laughs> Um, right, uh, number 18, Marvin, marvelous Marvin Johnson. He got had a C plus last time out. Marvelous Marvin had a patchy first half of the season that was monumentally disappointing. Second half, he did go back up to speed with what we know and love from him, and just reminded of us of when we are good is thanks to Johnson being phenomenal. Mm. Some trickery, a bit of pace, and some wonderful, wonderful crosses. The conflict between being him, him being off pace and then providing some real exquisite moments of his season, is as frustrating to write as it was to witness. With the weight of that first half of the season and those collective moments of brilliance in the second, I want to say collectively, again, he joins the B-plus club. B-plus club. Yeah, that's fair. It's weird how he's had such an influential and also a vaguely disappointing season at the same time. It's incredible, yeah. I mean, I think that was kind of in the marks of like him coming to the club last season. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, you know, he's getting to fitness. Oh, he's not a he's not a wing back. He's not a left back. He's not a wing yeah. back. No, it, it felt like for a while he wasn't a winger. He wasn't a left back. Yes. And then he had a really good spell from left center back. And then it was kind of like that overlapping thing got him go yeah. forward. So is it weird that like left center back in a free seems to be a job that no one cares if you do well? Like players do well, yes. like Jaden Brown. Yeah, yeah, Johnson, but it doesn't. No one seems to give a fuck about it. You know? I know that's what I'm saying. That's what I, I think. This I think when there's secretly, it's really easy. <laughs> but um, yeah, jo- Johnson. Uh, it's just been well. The, the, again, if you're if you're bumping people up for their their big moments, that cross for uh, Flint to head down to Palmer was yeah. Just the, it's literally the only ball he could have played. To keep things moving, um, it's almost like we named a podcast after moments like that, really, isn't it? Yes, they were bloody different gravy. It was different gravy. Uh, yeah, good old Marv. I I think Marvin Johnson, in a way, is the kind of is a very good summary of the season because that's there's a lot of talk on Al's talk, and and I think probably like it seems like your notes kind of were on that line as well until Windass scores that winner. But it's like there's talk about a big overhaul and we need to make all these changes. We need to get rid of this guy, that guy, the other. Like people are getting sloughing off like 10 players in their what we need to do in the summer predictions and things like that. And like, hold on, we've got 96 points. <laughs> like even take away the playoff bit of it. We had an incredible season. <laughs> but it's it's just weird that it doesn't, it didn't feel like that in so many ways. And that's that's sort of the Johnson thing is and, and mm-hmm. Windass. Mm-hmm. Like actually they've had amazing years, but it just didn't quite feel right. Um but yeah, mm-hmm. long may this weird not quite feeling right, but ultimately being hugely successful continue. Uh because <laughs> we've had moments where it feels right and we've been terribly unsuccessful. So uh this this is definitely the better of the two. Um number 13 is Columb. Gallum Patterson, do 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 do. He got D last time. 
In the list of enigmas, Callum Thomas Owen Patterson, aka Pato, Columb, and now the new created Luke nickname of C Top. And I call him C Top because it's like getting some very average head. Um, <laughs> should be good, could be better. <laughs> In the list of enigmas, Patterson <laughs> ranks highly. I initially thought about Pato's second half of the season as some blockbusting rollout of another film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And of course, Callum Patterson, the Winter Soldier, could be attributed for a beef rip-roaring celebrating release, much like Captain America 2, with his balletic and heroic finish against the Pilgrims, Plymouth Argyle. Mm. Again, he might as well have been then put back into whatever type of carbonite slash freezer that they use in those films, both in the narrative of those films and here back on Earth where we await for the next release. I don't recall Steve Rogers getting injured, but maybe it might be a good plot line for Phase 5 or whatever this MCU. <laughs> he seems to have the fun releases of the MCU down as he coincided with the release of Guardians 3 at the moment. <laughs> I've actually realized that I've actually run out of notes. I actually didn't actually finish writing this one. I had oh, some ideas, good, so but good. there we go. Anyway, Patterson. What can I say about Patterson the end? Huge moments, therefore it talismanic. Um, like we've said before, a big lummox. We identify with him, got a lot of heart, a lot of charm. You know, I thought it was funny. Actually, I think this was one of my notes that was lost. Um, I thought it was possibly a bit of harshness from the Sheffield Wednesday media that they made the hilarious reference when after we won promotion. He was there taking a swig from a big bottle of champagne and photographed oh, yeah. with the thing, we're going up juice, um, <laughs> which I wanted to say felt like a harsh markdown of saying that Patterson is some type of gaudy, gaudy footballing tramp. Um, <laughs> however, what happens? I go watch him on the promotion thing and he's drinking MD 2020. Yeah, <laughs> Rich, is the cost of living crisis this bad that I thought that we were paying these football players so much money, but all they can afford is the stuff that I drank when I was 16 at school? <laughs> Honestly. They love them with drinking MD 2020. <laughs> You're footballers. You can afford something better. And uh, Bannon was drinking Bugfast, which is another Trump juice uh, speciality. <laughs> I think to be fair to uh, Patterson, I mean, yeah. maybe he just maybe he just loves MD twenty twenty. But there there was a photo of him with his sunglasses on and a flag around his shoulders when Cardiff got promoted to the Premier League, drinking MD. And I thought it was a reference to the prior picture, but maybe that's just what he loves to drink. Who knows? So. I don't know. And uh, Stockdale was on it in his cowboy hat, wasn't he? On the promotion promotion yeah. parade. Oh, these players. These players. I enjoyed them also, like while we're talking about this, because we haven't covered this. I enjoyed him giving a bit of stick to Rian Brewster. Did you see that stuff? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently. Seeing, I, this, I, I meant to mention this with Josh Windass, but like obviously professional sports people have different drives. You know, some people love winning, some people hate losing, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You see it like I think you probably see it more. To the fore with individual sports, so like things like tennis and football, uh, uh, fighting and things like that, where it's like 
there's definitely people that need to be mad, need to have like a grudge or something. Yeah. And like the way Windass has gone on and on about the fact that Michael Duff left our Peterborough game early. <laughs> like that's clearly a big yeah. drive. It's I like love it. I love it. Yeah. Over, getting one over on someone, some perceived slight. Um, that's clearly part of what's driven, you know, what, what he's driven. And yeah, c- clearly we've got a team that just kind of want to rub it in other people's faces. <laughs> like, that's what that's the joy of of winning to them. <laughs> Proving people wrong, whether that's real or imagined. Um, did we settle on a, a, a score for Pato? No, I didn't. Thank you for coming back to that. Okay, let's <laughs> see, because I didn't think about this. Um, Patterson. So the, the difficulty of Patterson is like, look, I know, like, I, I needs really should have ultimately have done better, yes. but like, they're for the big games, they're for the yeah. big games, and the Plom absolutely ran the show in that kind of right wing back slot against Peterborough. Um, you know, like I've mentioned, you know, I thought like the thing that we would only see from him this season, going yeah. into this kind of period and thinking that we'd kind of cut things up. Was was our goal against Plymouth? It was just wonderful. You yeah. know, he's, he's definitely yeah. had these moments, um, but ultimately, there's still like an overall collective feeling of like I, I expected more from him this season. I yeah. I want to put him down as a B minus. I think that's fair. It's a big step up from where he was, but uh, it's it's been frustrating just trying to see where he he's been his own version of. Oh, that looks good. We'll try that again, and then it doesn't work. He's done that in several positions throughout the season. Yeah, because he's played right wing back, and you go, "Oh, that's his best position. He's a right wing back. He's we should keep playing him there." And then the next time he plays there, he's like, "Actually, no, he would looked a bit shoddy there and didn't really get anything going." And then similarly, we've had that with him being the gut, the link between midfield and attack. We've like, oh. He's really good at that, arriving late in the box and force like making things difficult. It's not really worked. Being the other striker, oh yeah, setting the pace, telling them when to, to being the guy that decides when we press and when we don't press. That's what and and then the next game, okay, no, he's completely underwhelming there. It, yeah, as you say, a, a complete enigma. Um, I used to think when people said it was a mercurial talent that that was a a, a thing you were praising someone, but it's. It's not. It's because it's slippery, and it's like you can't get a hold of. Actually, they're very talented, but how and why and where and when is entirely indecipherable. And that's that's yeah. Pato is kind of a mercurial talent in that those moments of talent are slippy and and slight um, in amidst a lot of other stuff. Um, speaking of mercurial talents, uh, number seventeen is Fazeo Deli Bashiru. Oh, uh, he got a B plus. I think he's probably going to get a shoeing. <laughs> FDB was someone who we recapped and saw as this brutal ball of energy and strength that just advanced without any resistance. Like the fire that comes from the tip of a laser, he looked an unstoppable force. Those words feel like we are deta- detailing an implausible reality in the film Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, as it seems like some short sketch of a fantastical science fiction realm. I say that he's clearly stopped playing for a contract and is having severe issues or has already signed a pre-contract elsewhere. Just poor and remarkably low on invention, creativity, energy, anything for that matter. Anything good or of merit is defunct and kaput here. Bad, 
bad, bad, bad, bad, bad. I'm giving him an E for completely downing tools in the second half of the season. Uh, it's harsh, but it's not wrong. <laughs> it's just been so frustrating. He's also been given endless chances. He's our most used substitute. I know, I know. He's done nothing since September. Madness. Maybe maybe we should give him an F, because the F is for Failelio. Fucking terrible. Just absolutely. Absolutely fucking garbage. Real, real dog shit from him. They failio faily fail shiru. (laughs) (laughs) We've definitely not been recording for like five hours, Luke. That's not the sort of joke. No, that doesn't happen. That sort of whip smart thinking doesn't come after hours and hours of talking. We must have just done this fresh this episode because that's gold. That's gold. If I can just come up with that on the spot, on the Rich, hook. Rich, you listen to me, Rich. That is that is wonderful. You keep pulling that out. <laughs> and I, I will not compare that gag into... It's it's a gag about uh, FDB. That's as bad as FDB has been. <laughs> it's all he deserves, really. Yeah, we don't deserve... You don't deserve our best wit. Uh, number 14 is the general, Georgie Byers. Georgie Byers, he's got he's got curtains. Hey, Georgie Byers, he uh, he got a B minus. Oh, seeing names on paper or digitally really gives me some weird emotions and brings up times and spaces. Byers has that a disappointing first half of the season, and then he came back to win our hearts with a throwback to who he was last season. Then again, injury and heartbreak and a lengthy spell on the sidelines, with us all wondering where is our gorgeous Georgie Byers, a cavalry of Wednesdayites all on their deathbed. Painfully crying, where is our boy? Where can Georgie B be? <laughs> that period was great and a true loss for the lack of midfield trio options. But when he did play in that second half, he was mint. Collectively, the disappointment from the first half and the goodness of the second half kind of equals out to a B. Mm. Just wish there'd been more. Just wish there'd been wish more. Wish more Georgie B. Where is our boy? Georgie's George. Georgie's Georgie Byers. He scores the goals, he sets them up, he does all the things in between. When he was good, he was very good. And Somehow he... he's Scottish. <laughs> it's not Scottish. It's like Cockney, honest. I know. He's well he's so he's born in Ilford, but he's yeah, he's chosen Scotland as his team if he ever gets an international call up. Oh he has. Oh, I thought you were talking, thought you were talking about my terrible accent, that's all. No, I'm saying he's somehow he's Scottish. George is George. He's somehow Scottish, even though he's from from Ilford, which I think he's probably Kent. Bonnie Flower. Bonnie Flower. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lovely stuff. Just wish there was more. Mm. Um, it probably falls in the same bracket here. Number 15, Akin Famowo. Do, 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 do. Akin Famowo. B, he got last time out. Oh. He played like six minutes of football or something. It was 17, wasn't it? 17 minutes. Oh, yeah. We named the, the episode after him, didn't we? 17 minutes in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Akin for me was a player who cited me in a very classy 17 minutes in the first half of the season. Such a regal appearance before getting crocked feels impeccably Sheffield Wednesday-esque. Luckily, he came back and gave some decent appearances before our lame, blunt scythe clown version of death whom I call Johnny Injury, came back up to tap him on the shoulder and put in the back of his clown car. 
has a classy and composed level at this level, and I'm happy with his work. I think he registers a B. That's a good call because he could, because yeah, so he got a B in hope, not expectation. And then when he came back, if you saw me like staggering and like taking a breath, it's because I actually gave him a B plus, and I was like, oh no, I can't give him a B plus. That's that's way too generous. It's a B. He he looks really good. I'm really pleased he's our player. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, injury wise, this was a bit of a, a one off in terms of how how much time he spent injured. Um, and I, I probably in no small part to the fact that we had that weird period of time where we had exactly as many defenders as we needed, and like every time somebody got injured, another one was back fit, and then the next the when that person got injured, the, the, you know, uh, uh, and so he probably came back much quicker than he probably should have um and i'm I'm hoping that was a factor in him getting getting broken again so soon um and, and we won't need to do that in the future uh okay last but not least wasn't here at uh the midway point he's an, a new edition but an old edition number 44 aiden flint oh you know when i when the you know when you know when I went through and did my notes on the players I've missed overall. You know, I was, I was most disappointed to realize that Flint was last to be addressed. Um, a truly disappointing signing, who I felt would just be a token bystander in the defense establishment. But alas, he is here, and most damningly, he was called upon many times. It's a lone signing you think could be possible, but purely just hoped out of lazy journalism. But no, he came in and was largely poor. A great assist and a lone goal with slim highlights. And alas, if you could say that any player who crossed the line to go on the pitch has played a part in this season, then you have to say the same for Flint. But it's a very reticent admission for a gritted teeth. Uh, C minus feels fair. Just, he's done. He's he's old and knackered. And, and he was, what he was fine, and when he was getting the plaudits, and he had some, he had some games where he got plaudits, that was when teams were playing it long, and obviously, he will just head things over the halfway line again and again and again. He'll win headers. He's seven foot tall. Like, he's going to keep winning headers. He'll be able to win headers probably into his 80s. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess when he like when he gets older and he like his spine kind oh, of shrink a little bit, yeah. down, it'll only be like 5'11 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say he'll only be six foot seven, but yeah, yeah. He's 6'6 six, uh... six right now. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm giving him more than I know. Said, I know is necessary inches, um, but yeah, completely fell apart when it actually came to being put under some pressure on the ball, having some players that were sort of nippy and young running around his feet. Um, then he very much looked like a, the stone man, uh, immovable and unturning. Um, it, he really the bad run. Flint was as big a part of that than as anybody else. Um, it really felt like he'd got found out by teams uh, for a period of time there. And I think it's been noticeable. Again, heartening, but a shame that we had to find it out. I think Darren Moore's on the same page because towards the tail end of the season, he would not pick Flint if he had any other option available to him. Flint was only ever chosen when there was nothing else on the bench. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, thanks for the help. He got us over the line. That again, that assist for 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 Palmer is will live long, 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 long in the memory. 
but oh, I mean, we replaced McGuinness with Flynn, and there was talk early on of like, oh, I'm glad, I'm glad we got Flynn. I much prefer him to McGuinness, and like, I hope nobody thinks that now. If if they've got uh, half a brain, um, it was replacing a top top draw player with somebody who at best was work a day. Um, we got away with signing Flint. That's what we can say coming the end of the season. Uh, otherwise, this it, it, signing Flint would have been the reason that we didn't get promoted. I I, I think single handedly um, signing Flint and not a better replacement for McGuinness uh, would would have been has a, has had a huge bearing. Thankfully, it doesn't count for out because uh, we we actually got over the line and got promoted. But we we got away with one signing Flint. Knackered old cart horse. Um, so that's us the end of the player reviews. Brings us on to Darren Moore. Finally, I be come at, down to Darren Moore. Sorry, what, what did the half, you, halfway point? Be at the halfway. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate that. Sorry, sorry for interrupting you. No, it's okay. So come down to Darren Moore. Uh, so I've been so geared and tense, kind of like a puppy that has some PTSD and has been kicked and lives in some fear of trauma that it can't communicate that genuinely I was geared to deal with thinking about Wednesday not achieving promotion. With that and with a lens on more, I would have come to you, Rich, and made a case to to even make a case or dismiss the work of Darren Moore as Wednesday manager. It's a strange managerial reign to look over with the eye on this season, and I want people to entertain and hear my thoughts on the more negative side before we get onto the plethora of positives. I think you had to have everything to the weighing scale before giving the final judgment and there's a lot to chuck onto the scales of justice with more. Negatives. Performances largely and collecting on average have been worse than the season before. It hasn't felt champagne, quick attacking stuff that I felt we've seen overall near the beginning of his tenure and going into that first season in League One. Granted, views on how people play have changed, and we're a pretty big scalp in this league, and I think there's a lot has to be marked up to the tools at his disposal. I also think there are a few players who have let him down and made things hard for him in that realm. Saying that, there's a lot of knocking it long for the big man up top for my liking. There was a period of sheer capitulation, throwing away automatic, let alone actually winning the title. The darkest showing in Wednesday's timeline in the playoff semi-final first leg. Now we've cleared out that negative energy, we can go and look on the positives. Now I mentioned some of the play not being dynamite, but the flip side of that is a very mean and shrewd defensive record. Titan miserly at the back and riding that defensive record among a revolving door of Wednesday defenders and even goalkeepers is staggering. A huge and wonderful points return that is using a squad put together from largely freebies and cheap buys, a diverse set of goal scorers, record clean sheets, a record-breaking season for the history books. And all of this has come down to managing and setting things up for one of the greatest games in the club's recent, nay entire season, history. His preparation and mental work with these players has shown a phenomenal textbook example of what is possible. It feels glib to say, but there's a saying about impossible is actually impossible. And you can freely and wholeheartedly roll your eyes at that, and it's deserved, but it's such a mindset change that sounds laughable, but he achieved it with this, this group of players. There is a deserved and funny passion that we have for this club, which winds other fans up, which makes us out to be massive. And while I would strongly argue that we are a far bigger club than the vast majority of this division, there's still a collective feeling and acknowledgement of supporting a football club from the north of England that we are largely viewed as fuck all to the hoi polloi to the English football media, which kind of dictates the narrative around football. 
And for a day there, we sent massive shockwaves throughout the world, game of football, and people knew who we were. <laughs> it's down to the players and more. I hope for him as a person, he gets a lot of success in his career, even after time managing Sheffield Wednesday Football Club, whenever that day ends. But that might just be his pinnacle. For all of us <laughs> managing these challenges, he has to get an A-plus from me. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> You've got me too. Uh, <laughs> oh. uh, um, yeah. Um, I think I, we sort of laid it out a little bit. There's so much to admire about Darren Moore. And I think even... Your comments don't even take into the fact that on a personal level, he'd ha- he'd experienced that sort of abuse during that period of time as well and rose above it in, I mean, he shouldn't have to rise above it, but rose above it in a, a very classy way and just owned the moment uh, in so many ways. Um, he's, uh, you also see the respect, uh, I, we didn't mention it at the time, but like the clip of Clinton Morrison kind of grabbing him in a big bear hug and saying in his ear, like, you're you're a role model to all of us. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, in that specific case, I think he probably is talking about black players wanting to continue their role in the game um, because he's one of very few black managers. Um, but it, he's a role model in so many ways. You know, he handles himself with great uh, decorum, um, and yeah, the way. Well, I, yeah, I, I said the phrase. He didn't get angry. He got busy. And those are the best people. <laughs> um, He's just like Sean Paul. <laughs> but that's, you know, I, I'm I'm an employer. What you want is those people around you. And I I, I feel like Chen Siri knows he's got a good guy in, in, in Darren Moore. Um, and I, I think you see the respect the players have for him. Bannon's speech but also the things he said around it uh what a tremendous character and to pull us over the line we could have felt sorry for ourselves and i think there's some moments where that's been deserved but i don't feel like he's ever let us feel sorry for ourselves or he's not let that team feel sorry for themselves i think he's filled them with a righteous sort of uh autonomy and 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 a kind of mentality that's got them over the line uh there's that great clip of uh, him talking at half time in, in the extra time and just sort of saying like we own that second we'll own that second half don't get tired of the ball like I just love everything he's saying to them is brilliant and then when we can pair it with Windows getting the goal with the last kick of the ball you just can see that the players are drinking this in um, I I think potentially Darren Moore will have quite a quite a career as a manager I, obviously you can't know but I think. Getting this promotion on his CV is something that he will be able to look back to and will get him jobs in the future. I hope and and feel there's a really good chance this won't be the only promotion. And I, I don't know. I it's we've been fairly. There's been some negativity in terms of looking at things, but it's not out of the question to think we might be one of those teams, a bit like Sunderland, that turn that rolls this momentum into another season of of really positive stuff. Uh, I'm obviously we need additions. We've take we've 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 sloughed off some of the players. There's gaps in the squad that need to be filled. Uh, if we do that right, I do think we've got a man at the helm that can actually lead us to something quite special. Mm. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, obviously, 
<laughs> we we we've had the we had the depths of the 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 first Peterborough game before we've had the success of the second one. Um, but yeah, it's thank you, Darren Moore. Thank you, the players, for just an unbelievable <laughs> season of football and the tail end of it. Obviously, we were licking our wounds. We're disappointed to be in the playoffs, but what's it? It's given us so much. Will 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 Ipswich remember this season forever? Probably not. We will. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about Plymouth. Plymouth won the league. That that's that's a great accolade in and of itself. But yeah. I I'd rather do what we did than finish second. Now that we won it. <laughs> now that we won it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Just just amazing. Um. What a season. What a team. <laughs> yeah. And so much of this came down to like thinking about how it would have been. And I, I, if it wouldn't have happened, I know we're getting a bit sliding doorsy. Um, yeah. We're still huffing, still huffing that uh, the Barnsley, uh, <laughs> if, opi- <laughs> if opium, that they're, they're huffing, huffing in that part of the world. Um, <laughs> like if it hadn't happened, like the thing I would have said was this is such a, it is such a it's been miraculous for just how this season has proved that like it's just a season of such the finest margins. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if we hadn't done it, I would have basically said come back and said it would have been sore and heartbreaking and disappointing. Yeah. I, I think I would have said like it needs to stay. And it, I think but I think the thing is like we need to need to back him. Yeah. Like it's difficult to just, you know. Like again, it's a, it's just such a a world of fine margins, and the success to failure to failure to success to success to and then to win, you know, it just feels like it's the smallest smallest pieces, yes. and to get to the position with this squad, there's a lot of great, you know, there's a lot of great football players for this league, but it's also it's kind of old, and we're also still Sheffield Wednesday. We still yes. have wholesale wholesale injury problems. Yeah, I, I, it looks like they'll never ever be addressed. They'll never yeah. be like they're still deep in the the, the collective hoodoo on Middle yeah. Middlewood Road yeah. somehow. Yeah. But like you know, needs to be backed and yeah. But I, I, it makes you wonder with like if he can achieve what he's achieved in in these instances and this season, then given better tools. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tantalizing and exciting question to think about. Absolutely, <laughs> and that's all we ask. We just want to be filled with hope on the opening day of the season, don't we? That's that's the when that's the well, not the Wednesday fan. That's the football fan thing. Of course, of course. <laughs> we never learn, and we for some reason get puppy dog excited by the start of every season again. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, we do. Uh well, on that note. We shall uh we should say cheerio. Bid folks adieu. Uh it's been a pleasure once again talking things through with you, Luke. Yeah. Uh, thanks for um we haven't been, you know, we're here in our temporary release, but uh what a joy to cap off a wonderful season that ends in promotion and a return to the championship for Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. Well, yeah. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening. Look after yourselves. Look after yourself, Luke. Cheerio. Thanks, everybody. See you later.
We love you really, Cammy. 